We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 570. We are recording Wednesday, midday. All-Star Game was last night. Home Run Derby was the other night. Scott, are you mentally past the implosion on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I am. I'm mentally past it. I think I have um, I have completely put that in the rearview mirror. The All-Star Game was a nice little reset. The Home Run Derby was a nice little reset. Um, had some fun watching that. A lot of really good young players in the league right now is what is the biggest takeaway for me. I mean, even watching play, even watching the futures game for, you know, a little bit was, was cool. Obviously, you know, sitting there watching it, um, because of, of, uh, Jason Dominguez, uh, who just got the nod to come up to Tampa, which is cool. So now he's in full season low a, which is cool, uh, that he's going to get a lot of that pretty big jump for a guy who had like 30 professional at bats prior to playing in the futures game. Tampa's low A now, though, right? They're not. They are, are they because they. I know they redid a lot of honestly. The, um, what a. what is the? I think there's only one between, level of single A now. Yeah, there's only one level of single A. But okay, there's there's. Well, that's like, not true because there's one in Westchester. Uh, I mean, you got to look that up. We don't. We have Bob here in spirit, but but not not actual. Right uh, 
there was always rookie ball, which was like, which was a short season for guys who were just drafted. And then there was like the different A ball variations. Like um, Staten Island was an A ball variation, right? And that obviously Staten got. Staten Island was independent. The, no, the A ball was no, in. They weren't. So they, they had, the Staten they had Island Yankees. No, they were, were Yankees. I mean, they were in. Yes, you're right. They were very low A. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So like you had all these levels of A ball. And uh, then Tampa was always the actual A ball. And I don't Tampa, know if Tampa was up ten. No, Tampa was high A, uh, and uh, Charleston. Okay, you say was, the high A isn't that actual A ball? Like that's no, the because highest Charleston level of is low A. It's it's literally high A and low A. By okay, whatever. Tampa, the Tampa Tarpons, really hard, <laughs> hard to say. Doesn't look good on a logo. Just saying, guys. I know it's a fish, but rethink that. Um, was always the the best A ball level that yeah. you could get to. Okay, so I was right. I was right. Here we go. I got it. Tampa Tarpons, low A, which is what I thought. That That is what Charleston was um, from my understanding. And then uh, the Hudson Valley Renegades are high A. Uh, right. Somerset is double A. And then Scranton is triple A. Got it. So he's at the Tampa A ball level for Jason Dominguez. Cool. Good for you. Let, let's keep rising what, up. What, keep going. What it means, keep, what keep it means is that he's just going to be playing more games. You know, he's got... He's got a you know a full season now, so that's that's great. So he's going to be playing games against um, you know just better competition. So it's exciting to to see him get into the groove and get into you know a, a lot of different games and see a sample size of, of what he yeah. can be. He's on the fast track. I agree that the the home run derby and the all star game. I mean, it's always a good event. It's always I think the best professional all star game. That we have football is the worst, obviously, because it's the least like actual football. To be honest, I don't watch the NBA week or the NHL week. Maybe, maybe people will say those are just as good as NBA is good. The MLB. skills competitions, I think, for both of them are good. The NHL skills competition is fun. The NBA skills competitions are fun. The, the you know the dunk contest, the especially if there's big names in it. Um, I think the dunk, yeah. the dunk contest hasn't been as good lately. It jumped but. the shark, I think. Like I remember when when uh, what's his name literally jumped over IKEA. <laughs> and everyone was making the making the joke like that's the moment that the M- that the NBA dunk contest jumped the shark is when Blake Griffin jumped over IKEA for right. product placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but the uh, for, so for for baseball, it's the Derby. Like that's the other one. Yeah. There's there's other there's other um, you know sharpshooting opportunities and like different uh, you know different games for NBA too with the three point and the dunk competition. But yeah, the der- the Derby's fun, man. And I, and I really do like the new system of the Derby as Quick. well. So they're not just counting pitches and they're doing more yeah. of a, the, the time. It's it's uh, it's more fun. And these guys definitely have to like really pace their endurance. Uh, so it's there's a there's a strategy behind what they're doing. Not that there wasn't before, but they're you're not seeing the ball um, go past the batter as much anymore. Whereas before you'd wait, they'd wait for the right pitch right every single time. Mm-hmm. Now they're just swinging more. So there's a lot more endurance. That's the home run derby has to be in all of baseball, the thing that requires the most amount of endurance because you are just swinging as hard as you possibly can rapid fire for two straight minutes. Like you saw Otani, he was keeled over. He was so, so tired. And maybe that's partially because he doesn't take batting practice. So he's not used to getting that. So I heard the whole, I don't take batting practice thing. And I was like, oh man, but that's really not that true. To be honest, there's, he takes swings in a cage. Yes, but he doesn't take live batting practice before a game. 
Okay, but he's still down in the tunnel taking swings. And yes, he swings swinging. a bat professionally. So yeah, he he. But he's yes. but I'm saying he's practicing. What it sounds like is, is I don't practice, and that's just not true. Okay, on the fine. when you hear I don't take batting practice, that 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 I think the majority of people are assuming that he doesn't practice before the game. He just goes up to the bat, takes a dry swing, and now he is he's ready for you know his at bat, and that's just not genuinely true. He's taking swings down in a cage, so he's seeing live pitching still. Do it's just th- not out in front of everybody. Is Otani now the face of baseball? Did he become the face of baseball this week? What's amazing is that, that yeah, I think he's, yeah, I think I he did. I, I think, think he, did. he did. And it's amazing to see that because Mike Trout is on his team. Doesn't matter. And Mike, Mike Trout, Trout doesn't pitch. Mike <laughs> Trout has been, uh, you know, the forgotten guy. Like Stephen A. Smith's stupid comments about yeah. him not speaking English. Who gives a shit? Did was did uh did Ichiro need to speak English in any of the uh his interviews or anything he did? He did. No. He, he could speak no. English, especially later in his career. If teammates would say he talks to us in English, but when he goes well, why, to the media, it doesn't matter. He has a translator. No, I know. The reason why the baseball the baseball player becomes popular is because what they do on the field and how they show up in other ways. Otani's well, it's got partially it. it's partially hearing from them, and it's partially but, but even, endorsements I don't even and think all that stuff. But they could Which still he could do still do. He they could, could still, still do, do all these things. Yeah. No. Well, I, no, Stephen A. Smith's comments were moronic. But I, I mean, I think it's but even the, more the ironic, the ironic. The ironic thing about that is that Mike Trout was the quote face of baseball. No, he wasn't. Mike Trout was never the face of baseball. They wanted never. him to hold on. They, no, they wanted, wanted him, him to be. The, he should have been. But he wasn't. But he speaks English and doesn't talk. <laughs> he doesn't talk. So it's the same thing. So no, I would say Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. That doesn't make him the face of baseball. There's. Plenty of players around the league who were more recognizable. That's what I mean by face. When you say face of a sport, it's who is the most recognizable to the average person walking down the street. You agree with that? Well, 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 it's the casual person. Yeah. Who do they know? Who do they know? Who do they know? And I think after this week, Shohei Otani is known. He's getting talked about on all the, the fluffy morning shows, the CBS morning shows, the NBC morning shows. He's on... Uh, Leanne had, uh, we, we have CNBC on, I heard him talking about Shohei Otani on CNBC, a business news channel. Okay. So he is transcending just sports right now. Yeah, He's global. I mean, because yeah. he, because he's from a different country, he, he, you know, has the appeal for a much larger audience now too. Um, I, I, you know, the other person I would put up there is Fernando Tatis Jr. I think because of the excitement level, because of what he did last year. But like in the moment right now, Otani's the guy for sure because of what he's doing. And it's just different. It's never been seen before. It's different. Besides exactly. Babe Ruth. Like right. Literally, the only other, the, the comp that you have here is Babe Ruth. And when you have it's that amazing. comp and pretty much that comp alone, uh, what's the dude um, uh, that was on Tampa, McKay, who also played first base and pitched a little bit? Different level here, but because Otani is an all-star. leading the league in, in home runs. He started the all-star game at two positions. He led off. And started the game pitching. Crazy. That's bonkers. Okay. It and is bonkers. Yeah. Some I had Frank Marco tweet me, or not tweet me, text me and go, hey, you know, Jordan Montgomery has a better fit than Shohei Otani. I said, Shut yeah. up, Frank. I said, yeah. Jordan Montgomery's boring meter is also higher than Shohei Otani. And that's why Shohei Otani's on the big stage at Coors Field right now. And Jordan Montgomery's sitting on his ass on his couch watching. Fuck off so, with the, the FIP is lower. Like Shohei Otani is an exciting player. No if ands, or buts about it. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, clearly. Um, what did you think about the the home run derby, 
just throughout it. Uh, I thought it was fun to watch. There were definitely storylines within and battles within, obviously, the Otani and Juan Soto. I was, was worried fun. he was going to put up like a three spot for a little while, Otani was. And then everyone what? was going to shit all over him. But he did come back and they had the swing off, which was cool. What's interesting for him is that, you know, when when he doesn't do well in something like on a on a mate, it's almost like he gets embarrassed a little bit because he was like throwing his head back and like, yeah. you know, he did this at Yankee Stadium too when he got, when he didn't get into the first inning. Big stage, big thing there. And he was almost like, I don't know how to handle this. Like, well, this is so new. there's a lot new. of pressure on A ton him. of pressure, yeah. And he delivered, he delivered, I think, oh, I've, this uh, week. I, I'd say he, I'd he say he represented himself. I think people himself. expected more, but I think he represented himself well. But the, I don't know if you can meet those expectations. They're so lofty. He hit 20-something home runs the in the win. first round. He's in the win column on yeah, the, in the off he, game. He pitched a scoreless inning, and he he did not get a hit, but he roped a ball in, in the first at-bat off Max Scherzer. Like, yep. any person who knows even a little bit about baseball knows that Shohei Otani, keep fucking up his first name, it's Shohei, Shohei Otani, represented himself well this week. I agree. I think he definitely, absolutely did. And I think that the... The battle between him and Juan Soto was just a, was a lot of fun, yeah. Um, and people will, will remember like that subset of the of the derby because Otani was in it, and because Soto, I mean Soto was was you know when the Nationals won the World Series and they made that run. I mean he was he was the guy that was in the spotlight at that point because he was what nineteen at that point nineteen or twenty. Yeah, he was he was one we of the heard youngest about guys that at that every point. time he was at yeah the Andrew Jones comparison. The uh, but but he's also you know another extremely exciting player and man did he lock in that dude locks in oh in he's, moments. He, he goes to another level he's yeah. he's also like he's one of these guys that at the plate you can see the mini battle with himself which is kind of is kind of cool to watch like you get your players that don't really show any emotion when they're they're up there but he's wiggling back and forth and he's talking to himself pete alonzo was doing that too but i feel like that was a little bit pete alonzo is just a goober and he's he was like he's just an awkward dude man he's an but, interesting character He's for fun. The, he has a lot of fun out there. He's yeah, also I, a goober. I, I don't. I like Pete. He's Alonso. fine. Yeah. He, so he's the thing a, about Otani, I wanted to say, was that he maybe you know he's representing the country of Japan right now in Major League Baseball. So he was representing his country, not just the Angels and not just himself in the home run derby and in the All Star game. That is such a different level of pressure than any other player on the field this week. Yeah, well, yeah, and he was also doing it back and forth on both sides of the ball, which is just an insane thing. But yes, he had a ton of pressure. There's a ton of pressure on that guy. Um, and the reason it's there is because he's freaking nasty uh, and and he's able to, I, I will say that he proved me wrong. I really did not think that they were going to be able to long-term have him as a sustained two-way player. I thought for sure after that first year when he got hurt, yeah. that that was it. That and was he, it. He didn't want to do the Tommy John like, like Tanaka didn't want to do the Tommy John. And I think that the the jury is still out on him as a pitcher. I think as a hitter, we've figured out he can hit. Yeah. Right. And he can right. be in a he can be not just a good hitter. He can be a a MVP caliber hitter. Okay. Yes. So, I made the comparison of like Josh Hamilton. He reminds me of of uh, of Josh Hamilton when Josh Hamilton was just like when because when Josh Hamilton was right. He was like far and away the best player in the world. Like he was just so dominant at the plate. And so I think the Angels are going to have him continue to pitch because Otani wants to continue to pitch. And it's all, all part of his value to the team is that he's also a 
decent pitcher. He's not a fantastic pitcher, but he's a decent pitcher. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. And uh, I wonder, is he going to continue to start? Could he actually make more of an impact being a reliever and and pitching the seventh or eighth inning or something like that? I don't know if he's going to be a ninth inning closer, but if he could pitch like the eighth inning, then you don't have to. Well, that makes it more that makes it more muddy, though, as far as the role, because on a given day, if you need him in the eighth inning, he might be playing in that game. Uh, yeah. So he, then he just goes to pitcher. Yeah, but then you're taking his bat out of the lineup for that. For that, I know it's just different because you're also getting. Oh, because you start the game with the DH, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're you're almost putting yourself into a National League situation. Yeah, uh, and you would lose that that spot. But Do you are you so that's why they keep it. I, I assume that's why they keep it clean. And he's he's a starting pitcher. He's not a relief pitcher. So knowing what we know now, are you upset that the Yankees did not get him? And of I know course. it's not a fault of the Yankees because he did not want to come to the Yankees. But at the time, I was like, okay, whatever. This kind of seems like a gimmick anyway. And then the Yankees acquired Giancarlo Stanton. So I was like, ah, who cares about Otani? The Yankees got Stanton. Like, we don't need oh this God. two-way two way player. But now, oh my God. Like, if, if, if he was on the Yankees, imagine how big he would be. I mean, he's huge. He's We just said he's the face of baseball. But if he was playing for the Yankees, he'd be the freaking biggest thing, nearly the biggest thing in sports right now, I think, if he was on the Yankees. I mean, it's you could argue that he is is up there as the biggest as one of the biggest things in sports. There's no it's hard doubt. Baseball, to transcend baseball football gets, and, ba- and basketball. Baseball gets right handicapped now. because of the because of the demographic. I think that's the core of the audience. But um, yeah, it, he, he's he's certainly up there. I mean, you could still argue that y- you ask, you know, I don't know, hundred people on the street in a, a, a name the city, uh, Shohei Ohtani or Aaron Judge. How many of them? How many of them will say Aaron Judge and not Shohei Otani? Actually, I think name recognition of Aaron Judge is still very much up there because Otani's still new. But yeah. um, you know, Aaron Judge is still, you see exactly what that New York impact is. If Judge is playing somewhere else, it's not nearly as as high. Yeah. And Judge, uh, this kind of goes into with the 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 thing with Judge and Freddie Freeman, which I thought was funny. I'm gonna play that right now. Uh. How tall are you? I'm about six, uh, just under six five, and I'm about to look really, really small here in a second. Yeah, Judge is yeah. six seven. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't look up very often. He's gonna potentially make me do it. Oh, oh how here about we that? go! Gosh darn it! How are you? A couple of guys with perfect teeth, though. I know that. Yeah, we do. You may want to warn him that you're mic. No, we're. Uh, yeah, they they want me to warn you that I'm two way mic. So. Whatever you say. Oh, it'll be the last we hear from Aaron. I loved that. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, wait, did he really just say that? I briefly forgot that Freeman also had his teeth fixed. So that's, I thought he was just making fun of Judge getting his <laughs> teeth fixed at first. No, and then I, I, just a couple I, of guys that prioritize having straight <laughs> teeth. But, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, you know, my love for Freddie Freeman. I wanted the Yankees to somehow try and acquire Freddie Freeman, but I thought that was a funny moment between him and Judge. He's he's just a fun dude uh, and just a, a good guy from all all reports and everything you hear about him. Um, and his son stole the show on a lot of different things too. His kid was out there, just like styling in uh, with with his wife and uh, in some of the uh, the pregame stuff that they were doing, um, looking looking good. The kid was like decked out all GQ'd. So same with Gary Cole's kid, man, wearing the shades, you know, really uh, really putting the the kids out there. Uh, but I thought that was fun to watch for sure. And Freddie Freeman, I love the fact that they mic everybody up. They should do that in the regular season for all games. Yeah, we've said that before. It's just I don't think teams allow, would allow that. I, I, I honestly think like 
for I, an exhibition game or a spring training game, it's obviously fine. But when when Tatis was mic'd up and at the plate and Buck was talking to him, you could tell Tatis was like, shut, shut the, fuck the up, hell Buck. up, Joe Buck. <laughs> I'm trying to-, to hit major league pitching right now. Yeah. Uh no, it was um they were they were they were talking to pitchers. They were they were doing they were definitely talking to people in, in, in moments that doesn't seem like it's a it's a good opportunity to talk to somebody. Like they gotta gotta concentrate. And especially when Joe like, shut shut up, Joe Buck. Like I the last person I think I want in my ear if I'm competing in anything is Joe Buck. I I, I know Joe Buck gets hate from a lot of people. I'm fine with Joe Buck. I think he's, he's gotten, a, I think he's in my book, he's gotten much better. I still don't want to hear him if I'm doing anything. He's a good broadcaster for baseball and for football. Like he he's does also, both and he he's does He's also well. just like a goober. You know, to me, he's like the broadcaster version of Pete Alonzo, or Pete Alonzo is the player version of Joe Buck. But know when to shut the heck up, dude. Like yeah. let Tatis take a few hacks and then talk to him after the game. And then don't try and bust him about the fact that he flew out. Like, I was like, oh man. So no, but Tatis that's the whole point. The whole point is, is like you're getting something out of them that's never been done. So I, I like that he's doing it in the All-Star game because you never would ever have an opportunity to do that again. And he's essentially that's- getting him to call a shot. He was he was trying to get him to call a shot. Uh, and but Tatis- what's he going to say there? Oh, I'm going to ground out to short? Like, no, he's no, not going to say it. that. I mean, he, did, he played along and it was fun because he, you know, he hit the ball in the air and he tried to do what he said he did. So yeah. um, I like oh, it. Oh, you're telling me that a player in the All-Star game is trying to hit a home run? Shocking. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Abba, what they're all he, he, doing. He said something about that. Um, so Alonzo was definitely out there for a payday. There's no doubt. Like he took that shit very seriously and he walked in there with a mission. Like you could tell that he was just- Wanted to defend he, his title. He was he wanted to defend his title, but he also wanted, what was it? $2 million uh, that he won in a couple hours. And that's, I think, more than he's made in the past couple of years because he's what? Arbitration. So he got paid more to do that than, than he does to play baseball. That's I'm a payday. Up what he's getting paid. It, he definitely looked at that and understood <laughs> that that's a payday. Yeah. He, uh, well, baseball reference only has his 2019 salary. I don't know why they don't have his 2020 or 2021 salary. He made 555K, which was league minimum in 2019. He is not arbitration eligible until next year. So, yeah, he's probably he's still only a rookie get- deal. Rookie deal, which is I think now in the in the mid six hundred k for for and he just made sellers. what two he million made, right he, made, he just doubled his career earnings yeah, so so I would be out there too on a mission like right. I'm, I'm getting no, paid I'm, son. I'm not saying anything bad about it like you could tell that, that he was on a different level than everybody else everybody else was having having fun but he was just like trying to stay loose to do the job like he was you could yeah. tell that that if it was you had all two million on the line him. I would yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, I, I question everybody else. Like, should probably be there for for that reason too. Um, no, but I mean, he would. He just looked like far and away that he wasn't going to get tired, and he was just gonna. He was going to beat any any number that anybody put up. He was going to do it. Uh, I was rooting for Trey Mancini. I think a lot of people were just because yeah. of the circumstance and and the story there. It's a uh, you know, Pete Alonso wasn't supposed to win that. Trey Mancini was supposed to win that. Uh, but good for him. Same man. with he, Josh Hamilton was supposed to win it. Yeah, but Trey Mancini, you know, for for different reasons. But okay, Josh Hamilton overcame a lot. I know it's not cancer, but right. he overcame being addiction. out of baseball and yeah. an addiction. So he was yeah. also a feel good story, and and yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. But but it was a great it was a great showing for Trey Mancini, and for sure. And uh, I feel like the Orioles had pretty good representation this week. They did. And you look at all the players that were used to be on the Orioles. Like that, the I mean, Kevin Gosman wasn't there, right? But he was on. He made the team, I think, originally. 
um, Machado, uh, and then yeah, they had they have uh, some good representation there right now. So, and the other a bad thing, team. I, they're still a bad team. The other big thing this week is the the draft happened. Um, I don't know baseball, maybe spread it out a little bit, <laughs> but uh, Yankees took Trey Sweeney from Eastern Illinois, and uh, he's a shortstop in the first round. And uh, I guess there's already talk that he's not going to be a shortstop long term. Right. But that's what whatever. it seems like. He's not going to whatever. Be a it doesn't matter. You take what you deem it's as best the available. Highest you, talent. you think that yeah. exactly, exactly. You take the best talent that you think is there, and you figure it out. And a lot of times these guys don't stay in the same position anyway. Right. And then so this is uh, the second time that they've drafted the back the posi- same position in the first round in back to back years. So they took a shortstop in the previous draft, and then. Prior to that, they took two catchers back to back. Again, right. doesn't matter. You're not drafting like in football or basketball where you're taking like two offensive linemen. Like, it, like it's totally different. But uh, second round pick, Brendan Beck, uh, right-handed pitcher. And uh, Bob found this tweet about him. Freaking love this. So uh, someone b- that goes by Bush Leaguer tweeted, Stanford starting pitcher Brendan Beck insisted on wearing their black jerseys in 106 degree heat because, quote, it was going to be Texas, Texas funeral. That's great. <laughs> this is the type of guy I want on the mound for my team. Just completely, just completely cynical. Like, let's go. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter how hot I am. We're sending a message that we're all wearing black. I love it. Very funny. Very funny. So, uh, um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll look back at the draft in five years and see where we are. <laughs> it's five <laughs> or 10 the, years, honestly, which is, which is so crazy because you think about these other sports and there's, you know, immediate impact on every other sport and baseball. We're waiting five years. Even even uh, you know the Mets. The Mets actually you know getting the uh, the, the second Vandy kid, uh, Kumar, at I think what were they at ten, nine or ten? That's a steal. I mean he you know bef- I, I'd say a couple months ago was a top five pick, um, but they got another guy that could. You see these pitchers sometimes make an impact year of occasionally that that will pitching happen. is uh, always on the fast, especially if you're a college pitcher. You don't need that much seasoning in the minors if you're a college pitcher. If you're a high school pitcher, that's a different story. Yep. Um, but uh, Al Leiter's kid, Jack Leiter, goes number two to Texas. So they're uh, they got their they got their uh, their guy. Um, we'll see how these Vanderbilt pitchers uh, play out. There's another. Oh, so Vanderbilt you don't think the track pitcher. record of Sonny Gray and David Price is is worthy of because and they're both good Hunter, pitchers? Hunter Green wasn't he the number one pick for Cincinnati? Uh, a couple of years back as well. I don't know. Yeah. There's been a, I mean, the Vanderbilt's been just a factory for, for baseball. Um, and now I have a nephew and a niece that go there. So I got to have like a little, got to root for them a little bit. Not root for Sunday Gray. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. As I mentioned, Bob is not here, but he is here in spirit and he is here in audio form with our new technology. So let's get the Bob segment going. Shut up, Bob. What's up, guys? Intern Bob here. Unfortunately, I could not be on the podcast today, but Hey, this is the next best thing, so let's roll with it. Today's segment is going to be a bit of a throwback to the beginning of the season. Based off of what people are saying online and personal opinion and stuff we've talked about on the show, I've come up with some reactions to the first half of the season that I want you guys to sort of decide if they're rational reactions or overreactions. So the first reaction is that it's time to move on from Glaber Torres, or at least look into other options, because he's been quiet at the plate, he's been subpar defensively, it hasn't really been going well for him for majority of the season so far. What do you guys think? Is that an overreaction to say that it's time for the Yankees to consider other options for Gleyber Torres? Before you answer, I want to do a little deep dive on Gleyber Torres's metrics. Maybe this is even some, some eye test versus nerd test. So we know last year, tw- starting 2020, it's been completely lost for Gleyber Torres. He was anointed the starting shortstop after, after the Yankees moved on from Didi Gregorius. He comes into summer camp out of shape. Brian Cashman said, called him out for that after the season ended. His power has just completely disappeared. Since the start of 2020, he has 477 plate appearances. He's hitting 241 with a 336 on base percentage and a 328 slugging, which is horrific slugging. He's only has six home runs in basically a full season of games. He's got a 90 WRC plus. This is a guy. That 2018 and 19, his first two years in the league, in over a thousand plate appearances, hit 275, 338. So look, on base percentage is virtually the same, but he slugged 511 in those first two years. It's a 123 WRC plus. He hit 62 home runs in his first two seasons in the major leagues. And I understand the juice ball in 2019, but you're telling me he goes from a, a 38 home run hitter to a five home run hitter? No. I can't believe it's just the juice ball that's doing this. So I took a look at some of his StatCast uh, metrics, and 
Some of them are pretty glaring. Hard hit percentage, barrel and barrel percentage, and launch angle are all the biggest areas of change for Glaber. So uh, I'll talk about some of these numbers right now. So barrel percentage in 2019, 10%. In 2018, 9%. Down to 3.7% and 6% in the last two years. Barrel percentage. Hard hit from 36% down to 33%. Few percent drop there. Launch angle. This is also a big this one. This is the biggest one for me. Like this is like circle this with 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 a, a a red magic marker and then go back and look at the numbers and tell me, tell me, tell me what it says because it's so freaking obvious right here. Launch angle, 19% or 19 degrees, excuse me, 19 in 2018, 17.7 in 2019, 14.9 in 2020, 13.2 this year. Those, this the, I mean, those are the biggest differences as far as stat cast goes uh, on where I see his struggles happening. His strikeout percentages are pretty much the same. As I said, his walk percentage is actually better and his on-base percentage is pretty much the same. He's getting fewer hits, but he's getting on base at pretty much the same clip. So, so what the heck is going on with this dude? He went from an all-star caliber player, the future cornerstone of the Yankees. Like, sign him up to a 10-year deal. We've got our middle infielder who's going to be a 25-plus home run hitter for a decade to, I think, fairly questioning if they even are going to build around Glaber Torres anymore. Is he no longer the player we thought he was? I mean, it's very it's very fair because when you see that type of drop-off and you see the, the production in the power numbers the production just level off and the power numbers completely go away. Um, yeah, the guy's, the guy is not, he's not performing at all. When I'm looking at that launch angle, the launch angle is all within like a range of line drive fly ball. But for whatever reason, it's, it's what five degrees, five degrees off. Like that, that seems relatively significant, which means that he's, that swing has, has changed a bit. And, I don't know where, you know, if you look back, obviously the launch angle was in a, a better place for the ball to be flying in the air in 18 and 19. But when I'm looking at my eye test, what I'm what I'm seeing in the last couple of years and what he's 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 been trying to do and what he's actually doing is that he's trying to do the same thing that he was doing in 18 and 19, but he's not getting the lift on the ball. He's just he's trying to hit home runs still though. Like you see the effort there and the way that almost that front leg kick, like it's, it's, it's a pretty drastic, um, swing as far as moving parts. There's not a, not a lot of simplicity there, but when you look at that launch angle, 18 and 19, it was actually, it was in a, it was in a, a place that it makes sense for the ball to be flying out. That five degree difference has taken a, a, a massive toll. So I don't know if that's, if that's, you know, because it's mechanic, you know, mechanically he's out of sync and just like something is not right. And he's still trying to do the same things, but with a different swing. And that's why we're seeing drastically different results um, or what. But to me, when I looked at the, the launch angle and you know me, like even, the, even that launch angle there, like if you're still, you're still in that line drive fly ball zone, even at the top, still getting more of a, uh, he's not like a, you know, an, a fly ball or nothing guy, even in 18 and 19, still a good amount of, uh, of line drives and barreling up the ball. So I, it's, I see a lot of mechanical problems in those numbers. 
And, you know, I've talked about this. I think he's a mental basket case. And I think when things don't go right for him, he spirals. He's not a player that can easily rebound. And I think we've seen that with him. And he's been in a spiral since the start of 2020. He hasn't been able to get out of it. Now, I'm not saying he's completely lost. And, and and I don't. I think it is an overreaction to answer Bob's question. It is an overreaction to say the Yankees need to move on from Glaber Torres because I do believe the talent is there. But I don't think at this point he's the same piece that we thought he was. And if that means moving his position to take a little pressure off of him, his defense is not great at shortstop. So take a little importance off his defense, put him back at second base or put him at third base or stick him in the outfield. I don't know what the answer is, but shortstop I don't think is the answer for him long term. And maybe that can help his offense because he's not so worried about his defense. But I think he's a mental basket case. And I think if it if it's not going well for Glaber, he's he's kind of just a puddle. Yeah, and I I mean I think that's a lot of that is mental maturity as well, and just you know getting uh, going through the reps and being able to uh, you know bottle things up and move on and and put your best foot forward even after adversity happens. So I, look, I think he's come back this year. I think the last you know couple of weeks have definitely been better. Uh, you know, from the first month month and a half, his defense I think has been it hasn't been a glaring problem. It's been it's been better. At least the eye test is telling me that. Um, I'm not going to look at analytics on the defensive side because one, I think they're horseshit. And two, there isn't enough sample size for anybody who actually believes that to look at that and use it. So I test, he hasn't been a problem at shortstop as of late, you know, in, in my eyes. And when you're, when you're seeing a guy that, you know, maybe he's cleaning up the defense a little bit. Um, have we talked about him making a mental error on the base path recently? feels like we haven't. And then He's definitely the, 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 the last time so. I can see him really struggling in the field was he made some bad throws in the Boston series in the last Boston series. He made two bad throws in that series. The the other thing that that um don't you know aren't aren't obvious in these numbers are his um his injury history. He had that 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 hip flexor that was issue. 2018. He's been healthy since pretty much. But he's had it's 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 flared up in the it, it's also flared up. No, he he was on for a little bit longer. It it, it it rolled over a little bit, but I think he's been fairly healthy. The he last he seems years. healthy this year. There's no doubt. There's, there's no doubt. I don't think you can put anything on health this year, but I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting a big half from him. He, I think that, that you are that because I think he, he, you could argue Glaber Torres is the key offensive player for the Yankees in the second half. If he can turn into that 2019 player again, that completely changes the dynamic of this lineup. But if he's not, then you're still dealing with kind of a lot of the same problems where it's three or four guys and you hope they all have good nights or else the Yankees aren't going to score a lot of runs. I've always thought that Glaber Torres had the ability to be a, a very well-rounded hitter, be able to spray the ball. Um, and if he can get back to that, then, uh, you know, mentally, I think that we're going to see. He's never been uh, that. He's a, he's been a power hitter. He was a power. He was a slugger. He was a they slugging and they go out. That's my point is that he barrels up the ball, makes good contact and, and they go out of the, out of the park. If he's, Completely focused on hitting these home runs. Um, again, not making, not mechanically, he's not that same guy. He's, he's, he's still trying to do the same things, but he's not doing, he's not, you know, executing the same swing. You could tell by the launch angle right there. It's a pretty significant difference. And unless mechanically he can get back to that place, then he's not that guy. And again, he's close to the line drive fly ball range, even at his peak. So a lot of those line drives that he's hitting hard. One, they're going in the gap or they're going over the fence. And I think that's why we saw so many home runs from him. Yeah. So he he needs to bat the ball, spray the thing, hit it hard, 
quit focusing on trying to pull it and hit home runs. All right, next up, since the technology stopped working, I'm going to play the role of Bob here. He wants to know if Brian Cashman's major offseason acquisitions from from this past offseason have backfired. Those being Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon, Darren O'Day, re-signing Brett Gardner, adding Justin Wilson. There's really not been a lot of good out of those acquisitions. Signing DJ LeMahieu is a is a, is is an acquisition, you know, based on the fact that he could have left. So okay. um, that's that's something that was a good thing. But no, pretty much everything else. Jameson Tyon was always a a wild card. And I'm not gonna say that he's not worked out. Um, you know, he, again, looking for more consistency from him. I think the second half, uh, we'll see what he is and and if he can uh, improve that consistency. But I think that's still out there. But yeah, it's not so much that they backfired. It's just they just haven't done anything. Like backfired, I don't think is the right word. But the strategy, the strategy of not no, going I out think and it, I think it has, has backfired. backfired. I, well, think, I think the strategy of of that is has backfired. The actual players, like, I mean, Kluber was good. Bringing early. Gardner back has backfired. Think about think about bringing Gardner back was a mistake. It's always, think about it's what has happened by resigning Brett Gardner. They decided to leave camp because they didn't want to give up on Mike Talkman. They left spring training camp with two backup left fielders. That's moronic roster construction. So you resigned Brett Gardner because you didn't want to let the the veteran on the team go even though it didn't make any sense for your roster and it has backfired into now you are without outfielders because you didn't just have Talkman as your fourth outfielder and let Brett Gardner walk and try and build the roster in other areas. So that move has definitely backfired. That move has backfired. The other ones um you know Kluber again what did you expect from him? Exactly, this is exactly what I expected. Yeah, this is pretty much close to that. Tyon, I think he's only, you know, some could say that he's actually exceeding expectations because I think a lot of people just- Outstanding, some might say outstanding. Assumed that there was going to be, you know, uh, health health issues with his arm, Um, but that hasn't been the case. So that's uh, that's good. I'm excited to see his second half. Um, His bullpen, Darren Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson have been terrible. Disaster. So- Disaster. And okay, Adam, so and they've Adam, all backfired. You just said, and, you talked through it and they've all backfired. Except yeah, Tyon no, has backfired. I'm talking about the strategy of like, of, of going, I'm more, to, I'm more so talking about like the, the, the value strategy and, and what they kept rather than like the actual players themselves. Cause I think that was the biggest thing. They did this intentionally. Even out of, you know, is, is, is excelling now in, uh, in Boston and, and the two guys that were supposed to fill that spot, O'Day and Justin Wilson. Wilson's been trash. He's been terrible. And O'Day just can't stay on the field. He can't, he can't be on the field. I saw you tweet this, but Nathan Avaldi is an all-star. And Nathan Avaldi is an all-star. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so just, is Lance Lynn. That's just out there. Oh, well, Lance Lynn has been the, one of the best starters in baseball for okay. two plus years. I mean, years. but these are two guys that were in our control. Uh, you know, you know, you know what I've said about Avaldi from from the the minute he was acquired. Oh, you called um, it. You called it. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's always had the tools. He's always sure. You telling me a guy that could throw 99 miles an hour could be an effective pitcher? Great, but what an eye you have. But he is an effective pitcher. And that's the I point. That. that is the point. The point is, is that he is an effective pitcher now. Pretty much dominates the Yankees every time he comes out there, and and yeah, he's it's despite everything that I said, it's very frustrating. All right, the last one that I want to talk about from Bob's segment is the feeling that the Yankees will not make the playoffs. Is that a rational reaction or an overreaction? It's it's very much a rational reaction. There's seemingly, I mean, again, we're gonna walk into, you know. <laughs> We're going to walk into the fury after this All-Star break. Eight games against Boston, three games against Tampa, 
um, and a couple a couple Girardi and Didi games just to make us feel bad about ourselves. Who swept you, by the way? Like and yeah, and um, we'll, we'll see after that. That that's that's going to really set the tone in one way or another, or not. And just you know, this goes or, back to like that's the two thousand was that two thousand sixteen where we're like, this is it. This is the series, make or break. This is it. And there was just like 500, 500, 500 That's 500. That's what I'm kind of worried about is that through these first 13 games, they go like a game over 500 and, and they're just treading water and wasting days on the calendar. And we're but again, not going to have any answers. Point, that goes back to my point then, uh, then where the battle still uh, lies, which is where it is right now, depending on what happens in these in these uh, you know next couple of weeks. But there's still a battle right now with Toronto and Oakland or whomever is that second place team in the West. That's the battle. Like that's the most, that's the clearest path to the, to the playoffs for, for right now, because it's the last one. And, and you know, they have an opportunity there. Yeah. And a couple just a couple of uh, numbers that Bob pulled. So 73 games left in the season. They are eight back of the Red Sox. I think the division is out of reach. Unless you sweep these next, it's not out of you reach. Go, you can't say it's it, out of reach yet, but it's it's, it's a very right. unrealistic. The wild card is still attainable. Four and a half back of we've the seen the Red Sox and stretch. the Braves collapse massive, massive division leads in one year. So yes, it, it can happen. It has happened. Don't bank on it. Uh, the one glaring thing that I record wise that I look at from the first half is versus AL East opponents. The Yankees are seventeen and twenty four. Non-Ailey's opponents, they're 29 and 19. They just continue to not play well in their division. Yeah, no, it's a it's a big problem. And it's the reason why they're in this spot right now. They they are they're not able to finish the games. They're not able to um, you know, raise their level to where the other guys are. And there's also a very good amount of there, there's a besides Baltimore, it's a good division. It's a very good, there's a lot of good players in this division too. There's a, there's good teams. Boston's a much better team than anybody thought they were going to be. Call that the Joey Cora, the the uh, the Joey Cora effect, Alex Cora effect, or you know, it's the it's the players that they've also added to the roster that were just you know exceeding expectations. But they're a good team, and Tampa reloaded like everybody expected them to reload, and uh, and Toronto is going to be a problem for a long time. I mean, did you see Vlad Guerrero hit that ball last night? That ball. Jesus, that you could feel that ball, you know, through the television. It was he, he's so good. So it's a hard division, bottom line, and they're not suited uh, against these teams very well either. So they need to show up, and they need to, they need to improve that. Obviously, in the next two weeks, we could start right now. They use the 2019 baseball in the All Star Week. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, it was a what five to two game. So nah, I'm just kidding. Um, did you forget about the Field of Dreams game? Because I did until I saw the commercial. I did not forget about it, but I thought it was in July and not August. And I was, uh, this was last month when I looked at it. So I, I did I did remember it, that it was happening. August I'm 12th. S- I'm excited for it to happen. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I am. Cool. All right. That's It'll be cool. It. It'll be a fun thing to see. Yeah, of course. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Yankees start their, their second half. The unofficial official second half on Thursday. So we will we're gonna do a Friday fives. Put your Friday fives. Yeah. We're gonna do a Friday fives. Mostly right? looking forward. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's Not something good to say about Thursday. About. I would appreciate uh, I would appreciate the Yankees cooperating so that we could have some positive podcasts. That's that's what I'm looking for. Do you think the Yankees will push Garrett Cole 
to Sunday's game, which would allow him to start twice against the Red Sox coming up. That's interesting. Probably not. So they'll probably have him pitch, or excuse me, they would only need to push him until Saturday to do that. They will. I could see them pushing. Yeah, I could see them pushing them to Saturday. He's not going to pitch Thursday, right? That's normal. Would that Thursday be normal? Is norm, Thursday is normal rest, but he threw 130 pitches. Friday is an extra day of rest, but if he pitches Friday, then he pitches the second game against Philly. If he pitches Saturday, he pitches the first game against Boston the next time around. So you get him twice against Boston. If if he does that, sorry. Right, let me let me re, let me re, uh, rephrase my answer. If the Yankees were smart, they would hold him until Saturday so that he can go twice against the Red Sox because that is exactly what they should do. But, and that's exactly what they want. So if he's if he's you know again, I don't I don't know what Garrett Cole says about um, you know getting a couple of days off. If that completely throws a wrench into his systems, I have a feeling that this would be the time to do that because of the All Star break. It's just it's just different. So routines are different. Like everything they're doing right now is a little different than they normally would in the season. So I would think that you could do that right now and have you know at least the least uh, disruption in in what their workflow is. So yeah, if and, there's an opportunity to do that, you should do it. And that would allow him to pitch one of the games against Tampa. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Your best pitcher that you pay the most money pitch against the best talent in the games that you need the most. Yeah, I think I did. I think I, I lined that up right. So yeah, I, I think I think they should do it. I I could see though if Garrett Cole is like, nope, I'm pitching Friday. Then that's what they. If do. Garrett Cole's adamant pitch about pitching Friday, then then that's on that's on him, and you got to listen to him. He knows his body the best, but um, yeah, wouldn't surprise me if he said I want to pitch Thursday too. So yeah, if if he pitches, so if he pitches, for, we are pretty certain he's not pitching Thursday, right? I would think that that he would not be pitching Thursday, but again, Garrett Cole is a different animal. Wouldn't he may not see any difference between 126 pitchers and 100 pitches, which you know I think a lot of people would probably argue it's more about that routine and and what you're doing in preparation for that for that um, for that next start. So I mean, is so his, his arm that much more tired after throwing another 20 pitches? If he pitches Friday, they actually have Monday the 19th off. So even though the Philly game would be his five-day rest, they could push him to Boston if they're starting all five guys in the rotation. So he could still pitch Friday the 16th against Boston, Thursday the 22nd in Boston, and then one, two, and then one of the games against Tampa. So okay, that, so that like there's two it. opportunities yeah. for them to do it then. Two opportunities oh. to do it um, without really finagling much. Anyway, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Friday Fives. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.